Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This is Mike Stromso coming to you live from the Living Agency Laboratory. And I am pumped and I'm excited uh, to have this guest on the podcast today for the second time. Uh, I was honored and privileged to have Jesse on uh, two, three years ago in the very beginning of the podcast. Uh, and he was doing some cool stuff then. But now, uh, you know, based on a conversation that I was having with him recently, he uh, dropped some numbers on me and I was, yes, that's what I was. I was speechless. It's rare, but I was speechless. And uh, I'm so proud uh, to call him a friend, a colleague uh, and beyond. Jesse, welcome to the podcast, sir, again. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Always privileged and always happy to be here. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, our goal in the Unstoppable Profit Podcast is to help people grow their business, create wealth, and to have more freedom to live life on their own terms through the three Ps. Uh, Jesse has taken that to the hilt, and we're going to dig in today and find a, out a little bit about how he's done it. Uh, I've asked him to drop a couple strategies that will help you as takeaways from the podcast today. So make sure you have something to write with and something to write on. And if you don't have something to write with and write on, stop, pause this right now, go get it, because you're not going to want to miss one second of the gold nuggets that are going to be dropped today. So Jesse, uh, if you'd be willing, uh, let's go back. Let's go back uh, a number of years. Uh, talk about where you were in the industry, you know, 10, 15 years ago or so when we crossed paths unexpectedly. Yeah, I actually was talking to my wife about this last night um, and thinking about when you and I met. And I remember it was a marketing event probably 12, 13 years ago. Um, I met lots of key people who have definitely influenced me over the years. Uh, Claudia McLean, Russ Castle, um, trying to think of everyone else, but there was a lot of people I met that, that day. And what was interesting was that I was a young, ambitious person, um, knew what I wanted to do, but I had no idea how to do it. And I remember my main thing after being at the marketing event was, excuse me, <clears throat> learning that, uh, everyone's doing the same thing. If you want to do something different, specialize. It's kind of what I kept hearing as the message. And I remember going, well, there's one thing I know about the restaurants, uh, I came from the restaurant industry, born into food, been in it for 25 years, and really were, was new to the insurance industry, only been in it for maybe a year or two, and uh, had the energy and was successful, but not to the level that I was wanting. And I wasn't even happy the way I wanted. I wasn't really working with the people I wanted. Um, and I remember I got introduced, um, and everyone told me to talk to a gentleman named Michael Stromso and said, go ask him. He's a really good guy. Go talk to him and he'll help you out. And I remember I walked up, introduced myself, said, can I have five minutes of your time? You were very hospitable to me. And uh, I started going to my excitement and talking about what I wanted to do and how everything. And I remember you looked at me and smiled and grabbed a cocktail napkin and wrote down E-P-L-I. And you asked me, do you know what that means? And I said, no. And you said, that is how you're going to market to restaurants. And that changed my mindset that we're not selling insurance. We are solving people's problems. And ultimately from there, that has been my mindset and everything I do, everything I strive to do for my clients, for the industry um, is solve problems. Um, insurance is not what we do. We are really a strategic partner with our clients. And ultimately 
You need to figure out how to be their risk manager. You want to be considered they're like their CPA, their attorney, their banker. That's that's the portfolio you need to be in, having them talking to you about their P&Ls, talking to you about their business so that you actually can affect their bottom line. And sometimes I always tell people saving money is not the end game. We need to understand what you're buying and why. And then from there, determine what is the best strategy for you. From there, sometimes buying insurance is not the best strategy for you. It's more of a self-retained level or self-insuring level where you are actually absorbing the risk or having a high level of deductibles to share the risk with the carriers. And that really was the mindset shift that you had for me, Mike. Um, It's never ended. Um, You know me, I'm a safety guy. I believe in safety. Um, I believe in culture, accountability, and safety. Those are the fundamentals of what I believe and what I do. And I ultimately do my, my risk analysis comes down to the simple factor of choosing who my clients are. I think the one thing that we all need to improve on, and then we were always sharpening our pencil is it's about customer selection. Customer selection is really the key to everyone's success. When you determine who your ideal client is, then you can determine who your clients are not. And ultimately, when you're in a situation, especially new in the industry, where you're trying to write everything, we all have. But ultimately, you need to figure out your focus because you're going to be okay at everything or great at a couple things. So that's kind of where I'll start from there. My goodness, friends, if you didn't catch all of that, stop rewind and make sure you write that down because I picked up five or six gold nuggets right off the get-go to start this thing off on the fast track. But ultimately at the end of the day, it does start with your mindset, right? Your mindset is your skill set. And, and I recently learned something this year in my own personal training and development from one of my three current coaches that I continue to permeate my mindset with uh, about the fact that how much the input determines ultimately the rest of our lives. So kudos to you. You took the input and it's completely changed your life. We're going to dig into that in just a minute. So in addition to that, uh, I love the fact that you identified who your ideal client is and who you want to do business with. And you're not all things to all people. You are laser focused on doing business with the people that you want to do business with. And you've created a business model. I mean, if you want to be like everybody else, go do what everybody else does, right? And you get the same thing that everybody else does. And and you may be out there, excuse the term, my friends, bitching and moaning just like everybody else because they can't get what they want. Yeah. Well, you've known me for a long time, Mike. Usually what someone else is doing, I kind of look and go, I'm going to go the opposite direction. (laughs) And people will go, what do you mean? I said, if everyone's doing that, we're all getting the same result. The only way I'm getting a different result is I got to do something different. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have failures. What I will tell you is I am not afraid to fail. Right. Uh, failure is a great learning opportunity. Fail once, correct, and move forward. If you're afraid and you have fear, it'll cripple you. It'll keep you in your tracks. And it is something that you say, what, what is fear, Mike? It's a uh, false evidence appearing real. Thank you. And that's the real. Um, the, the ultimate factor of if you have fear of anything, and I remember another thing you taught me years ago you're only going to get a yes from asking. You already have a no. So don't be afraid to ask because the result is either going to change or be the exact same you are right now and you have nothing to lose from that simple point. 
Um, and, and from that, it's just really, I always find that fear and people being afraid to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to be so uncomfortable to make the person across from me comfortable. And in the process of that's where success comes about. Absolutely. Progress comes from pushing into areas of discomfort and we got to get the more uncomfortable we get, the more we're going to grow. Discomfort causes growth. You know, I, I distracted you earlier. I apologize, but let's, uh, for everybody watching this, um, focus is follow one course until success every day we've added on. So focused, you've got to be laser focused and absolutely, you know, Michael Jordan talks about the fact that he's missed so many shots, so many championships, championship thoughts, but that's why he wins. You see, we either win or learn, right? Exactly. Exactly. With all, with all empathy and sensitivity to the people out there in the world, if you've lost somebody recently that's very close to you, or, or my apologies, but you know, I learned from a billionaire that I studied under around the time that we met who said, look, when something goes wrong, think about it like this. Did anybody die? No. You can recover and move on. And we can recover and move on, right? Exactly. Fantastic. Speaking of moving on, so thank you for the opportunity to get to know you better way back when. And you took that uh, four-letter phrase on the napkin. You did phenomenal things with it. You dominated a niche, your first yeah. niche that you dominated, uh, and created a road to success like nothing that I've ever seen. Kudos on that. Talk a little bit about building that niche and how that niche is led to your current successes. Yeah, it started off with, like I said earlier, I always tell people I was born in food. I'm first generation Italian. My family literally started in the food industry, restaurants, grocery stores. I worked in it. And when I went from that industry into insurance, I was excited. But what was interesting was I was writing a lot of home and auto insurance, maybe being successful because I was smart. I was building relationships with mortgage brokers, solving their deals. And yes, we wrote tons and tons of policies, right? like 30, 40 packages a month. I didn't like what I was doing. And that was really, I was like, okay, just because I'm making money. I didn't have the joy I had when I worked in the restaurants, even though it was stressful. So it was like, what do I do? And then I remember uh, the gentleman I was working for at the time said, well, you can work on restaurants. And then that really is what kind of spurred me talking to you. Once I started working in restaurants, I was doing family style and some fine dining, but pizza delivery fell in my lap. And I will say that it was probably the most, the, the most, unexpected surprise I would have ever had. Uh, remember, I, I, I got the first pizza delivery lead, Mike, and I called you. What do I do? How do I write it? You helped me out, gave me the direction. Uh, from there, I started kind of diving into the place. Um, and, and in the process of started writing more and more pizza delivery, found that it was a space that no one wanted to write in. Um, it, it was a little challenging because there's a lot of compliance. But for me, I looked at it as I'm doing something that no one else is doing and no one else is really doing this and they're not going after it. So I just kept writing it. And I did, did this for about, I don't know, two years. I think we had close to about 50 locations that we had written in about a two year period. And the, they, they call it one of the big five at the time, Willis uh, Pizza Delivery Program. They were one of the large five um, pizza hosters in the United States. I was their largest retail broker. One day they called me and said, we want to get out of the pizza space and we want to sell. And we think you're the only one qualified for us to sell to that kind of catapulted my career and my life um, because it was something I wasn't ready for. And it still happened. Yeah. And let, let me pause you there and I'm going to make this quick, but ultimately at the end of the day, my friends, I learned from one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, 
if you want to have more, you have to become more because you attract exactly what you are and who you become. Jesse just dropped another gold nugget on the fact that he became the attraction for that program. And if he hadn't become who he became at that time in the space that he was in, it never would have happened. And we will not, we would not be having the conversation that we're having today. So our great encouragement for all of you is go become something great. You can, there's nothing stopping you except this, what we're talking about early mindset. Mindset. Yeah. You are the only thing that stops you. Exactly. So back to Willis, we're talking about Willis. You took yeah. On the program. So yeah, Willis came to us uh, and then it kind of uh, catapulted some stuff. I was uh, basically at a small family firm. Um, and it was too big for us. So at that point, I went to my partners and said, hey, I have an opportunity, change my life. Uh, I, I, I need to go do this. And I was basically released with full blessing, um, basically hit the street. I remember, Mike, you and I, I almost came and worked for you. And you Thank actually you. recommended me to go the direction I did, which was to join the Stratton team. Um, and in the process of, they were in my backyard. I knew them. We trust them. They, the timing for them was great. They'd been building their infrastructure for two years. They were ready to hire a producer. And I remember I, they hired me, um, within one month, I landed my largest account I'd ever landed. I'd worked on for six months. Um, so it made me out the door, come in with a bang. And then six months later, we bought the Willis book. Um, those two things not only changed my life, but it also helped me pivot and kind of change the industry. Um, we had already done things differently. There were the other four agencies that managed uh, the rest of the pizza space have all been working off a DOS-based software that's been around for 20 years. We saw it and within six weeks, junked it and built our own program, built our own software, and basically created a differentiator and a wedge that to this day, over 10 years later, no one has matched and no one has tried to even compare with. And we've basically, the, the biggest challenge in the space is you, there's compliance, there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of documentation. And what you gotta realize is we're managing 18 year old drivers all over the road, all over the United States. So what I did is instead, instead of having the onus be on the insured, we created a cloud-based software that everything is managed and is in there. The employees can upload documents. The owners can upload documents. My compliance team manages everything. And we created this triangle between the insurance carrier, us as the risk manager, and the and the actually insured, all working towards the same cause. And the process of took a loss ratio that had been performing at 78% and dropped it to 11 in one year. And from there, we proceeded to continue to... I always say, we believe in a better way. I don't care what anyone else is doing. We, we're going to bring a higher standard. We're going to do a better job. We're going to improve. And in the, and in the process of, we're going to get different contracts. We're going to get BOR protection. We're going to get differentiation that no one else has. And we did. And in the process of, it helped us build, helped us create a name. Um, it's funny because in the process of COVID and everything we're in, food delivery went down and now it is skyrocketed. And now delivery is essential. So something that I got lucky and fell into is now one of the biggest growing spaces. It's funny, we had stabilization and some kind of hemorrhaging last year when everyone was hurting with restaurants. 
But because I was on food delivery, my fine dining went down, but all my delivery went up. So we didn't lose money last year in our food space, um, which kind of pivoted us over to our other industry um, that I've now been focusing on for about six years is we're one of the largest firms in the United States for cannabis and hemp risk management. We've been doing it for 12 years. I've been managing the program nationally for almost six years now. And really everything I learned from the food and, uh, and pizza delivery space, we implemented into cannabis cannabis and hemp and implemented and actually created best practices for the industry. And I work at the state level, municipality, the national level, uh, and I am on a rocket ship that um, I am trying to stay ahead of. Um, talking about numbers, when we did our end of year report in 2020, in the midst of COVID, we grew 230%. With our can Yeah. Words. Wow. No. No, I know. And I was even well, because I knew we grew, <laughs> but it was one of those things that, cause you know, I hate to say we all, we all took some lumps last year with COVID and yeah. I, and in the process of, yeah, I knew it was coming in the front, but I also knew I was losing some out the back. And even with auditing and doing everything on a monthly basis, we couldn't really see everything until the end of the year. And it was like, is that for real? And it was like, even with all of our lumps, we were dumbfounded. And I, and I say this with honesty, I expect to grow by almost a thousand percent this year. We're going to, we have big things happening. Um, and it's kind of those things where I am now leveled up in a, in a point where I am now building a sales team direct me, directly underneath me on a national level. I have 11 producers throughout the PCF family nationally. PCF currently has 60 offices. We're going to be probably close to a hundred by year end. And this has become my catapult to really, I mean, I say this with all pride. I want to be the largest risk manager in the United States for cannabis and hemp. I want to be a $10 million revenue agency in less than 10 years. Um, we're right now doing about 1.3 million in my programs. Um, and we're, we're probably gonna be close to 2 million by year end um, just because of our organic growth. All of my clients that are in the space are significantly growing. And then we just launched a national SEO campaign and I'm basically marketing to the top Basically, top CEOs of companies in the space, about 10,000 leads that are launching this week. Uh, we hired a marketing director. Uh, we took all of our money from grassroots marketing, which we've all done. Right. And I haven't been able to see people in person. I haven't been able to do conventions. I haven't been able to do a lot since COVID. And I, you know me, I'm always going. I'm either in a plane or in a car almost weekly. A lot of our goodwill we built for five years is not piddling out, but it's just not there. Um, and, and, and the process of, you know, when you're having success, you got to pay attention. Yeah. Um, we, we went from being on page one of Google to, you can't find me. And that was concerning. So in the process of, we nearly took all of our budget that we did from our conventions, um, direct mail, everything we were doing that really, we weren't getting the traction or the ROI we needed. We pivoted and I literally dropped it all into SEO. And now I have a new brand, a new look, and we are going to be on everyone's radar. I mean, the only people I'm running into now are the big boys, Aon, Hub, um, Marsh actually isn't in the space at all, but Aon and Hub are the only two people really coming after. What they're doing is they're going after our biggest clients and they're flexing on us like, we're Hub, but I hate to say it is, they're not us. That's and right. I will flex on them all day long between my specialization. I've got risk retention groups that I'm exclusive to in California. I'm building the first workman's comp captive for cannabis in the United States. I don't care what anyone else is doing. I'm solving the problems. And then I will focus on my clients and go from there. Wow. 
I, I hope you were picking all that one up. And if you missed all those gold nuggets, go back and watch it again and make sure you document what gets written down across that what gets done. But uh, to, to compound on something you've said three times already, a problem solved is an opportunity for sale. And there couldn't be anything closer to the truth on that. So a problem solved is an opportunity for sale. But the other thing that I heard you say, and by the way, I, I know Jesse well enough. He's not being egotistical or arrogant in what he's saying. He's saying with leadership confidence because of who he's become in the space. In addition to that, um, he's got goals. But the word that I heard him say, and this is an encouragement for all of you, he expects to do this. He expects to do that. And it's a different mindset. So get into the mindset of expecting. It's okay to expect that we're going to dominate. Of course, we need to remain humble and giving first. But, and I know that about Jesse as well. He's a very humble, a very giving person. And I say this without egotistical ego or arrogance involved to compound and encourage you, Jesse. Remember this, and I know you've heard it before. Nobody knows what you know right? And so bring on the aeons, bring on the rest of them. Totally. Nobody knows what you know, and nobody's been where you've been. So you got something that nobody else has. Just launch it upon the world, and you are launching it on the world like nobody's business. Major props to you. Virtual high five. Super proud of you, man. Well, I will say, and this is once again, kudos to uh, the Platinum Coaching Program. I remember exactly when it was. This is about two and a half years ago where the success started. And I remember the entire group at one second almost said to me almost the same time. So you're the man in pizza delivery. Why are you doing everything in cannabis? Why aren't you just focusing on the auto? And I'm not joking. It was the biggest aha I've had in 10 years. That pivot that I went from, I do everything cannabis to, oh no, we're the specialist in transportation. I now am landing the largest accounts I have ever written because we solve problems for auto that no one can. And I now have the relationship with the carriers where I get different pricing. I get BUR protection. I'm getting the things that I've had previously in pizza now with cannabis. And I have fellow brokers that know me very well that go, Oh my God, if there's an auto, we're not even, we're not even going to compete against you, Jesse, because they don't even want to, because they can't, have the conversation I can. And that's really what it's about. It's like, solve the problem. Don't do what everyone else is doing. And I'm leading with either auto or workman's comp. Those are the two things I'm leading, which are the original old schools that I've done for my entire industry. And I circle back everything else and pick it up over the next 12 months, solve the problem. And then the insurance becomes secondary. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun, my friends. It just looks different nowadays. And the way we strategically implement and make decisions and take actions are different. But ultimately, uh, to an extent, the base foundational strategies are very similar to what it was for our prior generations. So Agreed. great job. So Jesse, uh, because of your the high demand on your time, and thank you for carving time out of your extremely crazy busy schedule to share with the Unstoppable Nation today. Grateful for you, brother. Um, uh, I appreciate drop... you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. So at the end of the day, let's drop some tips for people. Uh, let, let's pull out the top three things. So if you peel back the onion and go back, you know, say 12, 15 years ago uh, and think about where you started and you've already dropped a lot of gold nuggets, but what are the top three? What are the top three things? If somebody's out there either watching this or listening to this, 
and, and they're looking to do similar to what you've done in any industry, carve out that niche and dominate it at some point, what are the top three tips you have for them? First thing, and we've said it many times, focus, focus, focus. Uh, one of the biggest things that's important to me is not doing everything. Specialization, I'm sorry, differentiation by specialization. That's what I always say is what has helped me. I, I, the best example is what I can give for myself. What took me eight years to build in a book, I doubled in one year when I changed my mindset. Mm. That's the best example I can give. What took me eight years, I doubled in one year. By just saying, I'm not going to do all this anymore. I'm going to do this one thing. And that's when I took my mindset of doing everything and going just to restaurants. Then restaurants got a little bit more hyper-focused and got into the food delivery space. Um, with your focus, which is key, you need to be determined and have complete dedication to your craft. This is about much more than just insurance. If you're diving into insurance, understand your space, understand your contracts, understand your exclusions. What is really the difference between nationwide, travelers, and guard? Understand and be able to talk right clearly to anyone about what the care they have, the positive, the negative. Your confidence in who they're speaking to also helps you determine what you're gonna work on. This comes down to, back to we said earlier, Customer selection. I think customer selection is just as important as focus. You have to learn how to determine who your ideal client is, what their needs are, and how to solve them. Because when you have someone that is expecting something, and I always tell people, you have to have a process. And when I am actually interviewing a prospect, I have a multiple step process where it's 30 seconds. Hey, I'm, I'm business owner A. Good to meet you, yada, yada. I'm here for one of three reasons. You're shopping your broker. You had a claim that wasn't covered or both. I found it literally, it's that simple. From there, they have an expectation of what's going to happen based on what they've experienced their previous life. Right now is the opportunity for you to change that course. And that is where I determine right away, are we going to do something different or are you going to change? Are you, are you going to continue to have it happen? And I always tell people, we're going to have to do something different to get a different, a different uh, end result of what we are. If you keep doing the same thing and think something to change, that's just, uh, I can't remember the, the actual term. It's um, when, when you're doing the same thing over and over again, not getting a different result. Fill it in right. for me, Mike. Um, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you want about. things to change, you need to change is my greatest encouragement. But if, yeah. you, if you want the same thing you're getting, keep doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. And the only uh, way you're going to change that is to change. Well, and then like when talking to a prospect, this is where it comes down to, if you're expecting a different result, we have to be willing to do something different. And that's where I will really talk to the client and say, hey, why am I here? Have them be very honest. If they can't even be honest with you about why they're there, the reality is they're probably hoping you'll just shop your broker. With shopping the broker, the unfortunate factor is unless you control it, you've got a BOR, you've done everything, you're going to do all this work and give it all to them, and then they're going to give it to their broker. So you have to ultimately create a way to uh, differentiate yourself from the competition. I always say drive a wedge in there and let the insureds come up to their own determination that ultimately they're going to fire their broker and hire you. 
That's the conversation that you need to have. And that's part of where vetting your prospect and also your clients is the next thing when it comes from focus to vetting. I will also tell you the last thing is, for me, don't have any fear. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, my biggest successes have come through my biggest failures. And what I realize is with failure, identify what it is, learn from it, and excel. If you're afraid to fail, you literally are not going to succeed. I hate to say it. it just, that's the real. So don't be afraid to fail because it's really the best learning you can ever have. It's the best growth you can ever have. And, and then use learning as almost a case study with your team. If you're a principal and you've got producers, use this like a roundtable, discuss. I mean, I always try to use my failures with my producers to help them avoid the obstacles I have. Uh, and what took me 10 years, I think with hyper-focus, you can do within two to three years. I'm starting to see some young, hungry producers in the cannabis space that even though I've been doing it for six years, they're coming hard and they're aggressive and they're smart. And for me, it's a matter of find a space that's growing. And I hate to say it, cannabis and hemp, I don't know any, any, any other industry in the world right now that has the upside for the next 10 to 15 years in a global aspect that we're in. Um, so something to think about if you want to get into it. Fantastic. And uh, I don't know, this is completely out of left field. You weren't expecting this. And if you want to say no, no is no. By the way, I meant to add that earlier. The definition of no is next opportunity, my friends. And the other thing that I forgot to add, if you do not ASK, you will not G-E-T. It's really that simple. So um, if somebody wants to get into that particular space, Jesse, and uh, piggyback on the ride with uh, somebody who knows more than anybody else about this, uh, should they reach out to you? Absolutely. I actually, I work with agency principals and producers throughout the entire United States. We are building a team. Uh, what's awesome is I'm actually, my goal is to help you be my local representation. You leverage the Nine Point, uh, Nine Point Strategies brand and we tag team anything together that's needed. My goal is I support you and help you with what you need until your wings are strong enough and then you can outfly. But I want to help people become hunter killers. But I just say it, you've got to have the ability to go hunt on your own. I can give you the skills to help you close the business. Right. So this is not for everybody. There's only a select few who will qualify uh, to be on that, uh, you know, amazing, incredible, explosive growth journey. So um, what, we'll, what we'll do is we'll put something, uh, when we publish this, we'll put it in there, um, how they can contact you and, and we'll wrap that up uh, when we're done. Uh, and if anybody wants to reach out to you, fantastic. They can reach out to you and have a conversation and see if it's a good fit. Absolutely. But ultimately at the end of the day, again, if you want something you've never had, you've got to be willing to do things that you've never done ultimately at the end of the day. So just to recap the top three, Less is more. You will not be all things to all people. Identify that space that you want to go after and go after it on a laser focused, in a laser focused way. Number two, customer selection. Be diligent. You know, the great, late, late, great John Wooden said, discipline yourself so no one else needs to. You've disciplined yourself. In fact, when you were uh, co-teaching a million dollar sales producer bootcamp, thank you, by the way, you've done that multiple times for the people uh, around Unstoppable Nation that want to become more uh, and just blew everybody away with your teaching, by the way. But I remember you walking down the hall talking to a prospect and I could feel the prospect wasn't, you know, 
doing what they needed to do. In other words, you told them, look, I need a copy. You know, I showed up for the appointment. You weren't ready. I asked you to have a copy of all of your policies ready. You didn't have it. That's why I left. And when you're ready to present the policies and everything else that I ask you for, I'm willing to come back. But if you're not willing to do that, I wish you the best. Yeah. And I, I'm listening to that going, that's why this guy's so successful. Well, I, I, it was one of those things, um, partly from your teachings and also partly from my own lessons, where I learned that if I set a level of expectation before I show up, hold them accountable, just like I would an employee, it changed the game. And ultimately, like I said, when I sit down and they're expecting to get what they've always had, and I made it very clear, well, you're not following directions. And for us to have a successful meeting, I need the A, B, and C. Can you get A, B, and C? If you can't, I will gladly reschedule. I don't care if I drove three hours to come see you. This is how I do business, and this is how I'm successful. And that you, you've seen it happen. I've had people go, whatever. And then I walk away because I'm gladly don't want to get involved with them because it would have been a waste of my time. Or people go, nope want to fix it immediately and do exactly what's needed. You're, you're able to cut through the BS real quick with people if you know what you're wanting and you're able to say it with conviction, confidence, and also integrity. You're not being rude. This is exactly how I do business. This is how I'm successful to help you. If you want a different result, we got to do this, not what you've been doing forever and expecting things to change. Two kinds of relationships out there in the world, my friends personal relationships and business relationships. It's simply a business conversation. That's all it is. Yep. Nothing against anybody. So less is more, number one. Number two, customer selection. And number three, failure. If you want to have more, you've got to fail more. Ultimately, at the end of the day, and that's the power of having a program like our Platinum Coaching Program, because you've got all these other people that are out there looking to fail right by your side. So you're failing together. You can recover faster and do things in one year that took you eight years to do the first time. So uh, that is absolutely fantastic. So uh, the other th cool thing, so remember those three keys. Thank you, Jesse, for sharing those three strategies that will change everything for everybody if they're willing to fail enough. And uh, I've had this conversation with multiple high achievers and multiple high achievers say the same thing. I win because I fail more. It's, hey, there's nothing new under the sun, my friends. So yep. I, I've said for years, uh, the next book that I'm going to write uh, after the one I'm currently working on, by the way, I'm working on number seven, uh, soon to be published. So I'll get on to number eight next, but it's going to be called, it's going to be called wins and lessons and lessons in our world of failures. And I'm going to start documenting all the wins and lessons, or all the lessons I should say. And if you're open to it, I'll come to you for a chapter. Love it. Yeah. Fantastic. So anyway, uh, we also have a cool thing that we've uh, collaborated about a lot. And I know you have a love for it. And I have a love for it because I grew up in the Bay Area. And we were talking about it before we went on the dubs. Oh, yeah. Uh, this year's a little, little heartbreaking to lose clay. But uh, you know what? We're, uh, we're not just uh, dumping out and going to have a poor season. I like that we got a fight in us. And we'll probably end up in a playing tournament. And you know what? We might even shake some people up in that uh, seventh, eighth seed. Yeah, it's back to failure. I mean, things happen. Uh, uh, lost another player, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, uh, I've got NorCal roots. You're in NorCal. So uh, we have a lot of cool collaborations uh, surrounding uh, our roots and everything about that. And I was uh, going back to the days of Rick Barry, and we're talking about Wilt Chamberlain. And, you know, Wilt could have actually – Wilt is such a dominant – has such a dominant place in the uh, record books – uh, that nobody really pays attention to. And we're talking about the fact that if he had changed one little thing in what he does, 
he could have been even more dominant. Yeah. And that's what's crazy is like he was so dominant, but one little thing yep. would have taken him to a level that no one maybe would have ever reached. Yep. Um, so it, it, it's the little things, the little things that matter. It is not major tweaks. It are little things, pivot, tweak, pivot, tweak, pivot, tweak, and continue to uptick as you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jesse Prendy, I agree with that big door swing on little hinges. And what we're referring to, I grew up in the area where Rick Barry and Clifford Ray uh, Chris Mullins were all co- coached by Alvin Adels uh, of the dubs uh, back in my era and uh, phenomenal times. And they came back and they're going to come back again. So we're looking forward to that. So Jesse, thank you for being on today and sharing your incredible wisdom and gold nuggets with unstoppable nation props to you, my friend. I can't wait to continue on the coattails of your success and help you in any way possible. Appreciate you as always, Mike. I'm here for you as anytime you ever need me. Uh, ditto, my friend. So much love to Jules and uh, everybody else. Uh, by the way, everybody, if you got value out of this podcast, please share it with anybody you know. UnstoppableProfitPodcast.com. UnstoppableProfitPodcast.com. Uh, go there, make sure you subscribe so you get every episode delivered conveniently to your inbox. And we're out there on all the channels Stitcher, Apple, uh, Google Play, everywhere. So it's easy for you to get involved and make sure you don't miss one gold nugget and big door swing on little hinges. All you need is that one idea that can change everything for you. For Jesse, it was four letters on a cocktail napkin. So, and remember, if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to grow faster than ever before, you can find me at unstoppableprofitproducer.com. And if you're interested in attending a virtual or a live event, you can go to uppfaststart.com, uppfaststart.com. That's our live virtual events. We're training consistently almost every single month. Or if you a live event coming up is beunstoppablebootcamp.com. That's beunstoppablebootcamp.com. You'll get the gold nuggets and more. We guarantee it. I want to share with, some, with all of you some of my best money-making strategies proven over 35 years of research in our industry to help you grow your business, create wealth so you too can have more freedom to live life on your own terms. Remember, as uh, we've all learned, it starts with two things, my friends, a decision and action. Make the decision, take action, and it will change everything for you. Jesse, much love, my brother. Much love to you, brother. All right, everybody, get out there and make a decision, take action. Less is more, customer selection, and you've got to fail more to become more. Have a great day, and we will see you on the next episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.